Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Wow. Um, I have to say, I'm pretty impressed. Okay, your lucky day, Jack Black. You're getting on the ship. <laughs> Kyle Gass, I'm sorry, you're not going to make it. We're not bringing you. We're going to bring Wait. only half. Wait. And uh, that gonna... is the... Uh, I what fucking you shoot you now! No, I went to the room for two. You fucking no, come on. savage! We're a pretty team. We go together. Dude! We go... Fuck! This fucking sucks! He wants me, but not you? That's what? fucking bullshit! Why would he just want one of us? Dude, Why? let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right yeah? now. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I'm gonna go, but here's... What? The... You're gonna no, go? let me just tell you And leave what? me down let here? What am I supposed to do? Let me tell you why You're the fucking gonna... three-headed dog? Yeah, but I'm not fucking what he thinks I am. I'm going as a spy, bro. I'm going in there. I'm going to infiltrate oh, the rebel. Sh- the revolution starts from inside, bro. I go in. Let's hear me out. I go in. I fucking t- 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 check out the joint. I scope the joint. I get. I figure out what makes him tick, and then I fucking get you a ticket. I get you a ticket. How are you going to find me? You're in space. Cage, I'm sorry. I've got to go! No, No, don't go! Hope, come here, boy. Hope, come here! Hope, where are you going? Hope, boy, come back! Come here! Hope! I've lost hope. It's Susie, hello, and Merry Christmas. That's right, as far as I'm concerned, Christmas starts in November, so start drinking daily, start gaining weight.
and start listening to these plugs. Do not forget that if you want to see the video versions of these interviews then go to Hugie Entertainment on YouTube and when you go to those videos interact with the video, leave comments, drop thumbs up, like it, share it, do whatever you can to help me build that fucking channel up. It's frustratingly underperforming and there's a lot, a lot of great content up there with many guests such as today's guest, Zach Amico, with Sean Oliver, Anthony Cumia, Robert Kelly, Jim Florentine, Jackie Martlin, Sid, Ken Shamrock, Disco Inferno, even David Radigan. Ah, uh, no offense, David, I like David. But as I mentioned, YouTube, if you happen to be a wrestling fan, then why don't you go check out Keep the 100 official on YouTube because that is the only place where you can find the official clips and highlights from the infamous and bigger than ever podcast hosted by Conan and Disco Inferno. Also part of Keep 100 is Joe Feeney who is also the boss of Creative Control Network. Speaking of Creative Control, go follow them on Twitter so you can find out about show information about all kinds of other shows on that network such as Oh What A Rush With Animal, The Hambone Show, The Highway To Helms with The Hurricane Shane Helms, Way Back Playback, An Honourable Mention, and the recently joined show, The Mike Durban Show, which apparently caused a lot more heat than I thought it was going to. So go check that out. And when you're on social media, don't forget to follow me on social media. I'm at the Hughie on Twitter and Instagram. Interact with me all you want. I'll probably not reply to you because I'm 20 hours a day in a bad mood. But I have to say that if you're in a good mood, why don't you go drop me a rating and a five-star review on iTunes. Be nice to me, I'm nice to you. And I have to say that any and all music you may hear within this episode, well, for my personal review, they're all five stars and each one of these songs is available on all good music stores and streaming sites and I wouldn't use them if I didn't think they were anything less than five stars. So that's my review of the music and that's the end of the plugs. Yeah, so um, as far as I'm concerned, podcasts from November 1st until uh, early December, it's all Christmas from here on in and then... Well, why the fuck not? Because you drop it and then you move on. Anyway, today's guest is fucking great. We've got Zach Amico, and for those who may not know the guy, well, he is the co-host of the Real Ass Podcast, uh, the infamous uh, Luis J. Gomez show. That's the one show where Luis J. Gomez goes on angry rants. Hold for laughter. Let the listener catch the breath. And back into the show. Yeah, so Zach's on talking about working with Luis J. Gomez. Uh, talking about his pro wrestling career, he wrestles, talking about the film industry and basically just making a lot of offensive bad taste jokes that really we shouldn't do and we're both going to regret later on in life. Not really, we don't give two flips about shiznit. Also on today's show we've got Joe Feeney talking about Guns N' Roses for a very rare change. That's right, I have footage of Joe Feeney talking about Guns N' Roses you're only going to get it here. But he's debating it against ACDC in one of the more infamous battle segments. He's going up against the great Jeff Erstad. Who's going to win? Well, obviously, you're probably going to find out if you listen and actually pay attention. But before any of that, we have got new creative control boy, 
Mike Durband on, and we're going to do a little bit of a film debate. So Mike Durband, host of the Mike Durband Show, which isn't on the realm anymore. It's on Creative Control. Mike Durband, hello. Okay, I'd like to take the time now to uh, invite a guest on for film debate. I'd like to welcome the great Mike Durban. Mike, how are you today? Excellent. Thank you for having me on again. Thank you. Uh, why don't you give yourself a plug just while we're getting going? You can check out the Mike Durban Show on Russo's Brand and the Realm Network. Russo'sBrand.com, only $3.95 American per month. So, uh, Mike, the film I'd love to debate with you today is uh, Star Trek The Search for Spock. So, uh, Mike, what did you think of this film? Uh, mediocre. Spock is barely in the movie since Leonard Nimoy directed it, and it's about average. Well, Mike, I'd just like to thank you a lot for coming on the podcast. Uh, why don't you give yourself a plug? Uh, thank you. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mike Durband. If you find $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. I would. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. I mean, come on, let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. But seriously, though, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. But tell me this, did you know you can bet on games after the kickoff? If by the second half it looks like you're going to lose, you can always just take the other side. There you go. And if you're the kind of guy or girl, let's get woke, that likes to bet little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code HUGY, H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y, to activate the offer. That's promo code H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y, HUGY. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Want to buy wrestling merch but don't want to buy the cheesier, childish stuff the WWE puts out? Well, Collar and Elbow is the company for you. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. They strive to create a product that embodies their passion for professional wrestling through street fashion. Basically, it's wrestling merchandise that you can wear in public that doesn't make you look like a total nerdy mark. This is great stuff. I've bought a bunch of it myself. I wear it myself quite often. And when you go to buy it, don't forget to use the coupon code HUGY. That's H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y, all capital letters, to let them know that you heard about it through me. That's Collar and Elbow, use the coupon code HUGY. And do not forget to tell your friends, because this is the best merchandise company you're going to find anywhere. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
Okay, thank you, Mike. And while he may no longer be on the Realm Network, he is on YouTube. So why don't you go find his channel, subscribe. Just, here's what I need people to do. Even if you don't fucking uh, use YouTube often, just go find these channels, such as Tuesday Entertainment, such as Mike Durbin's show, and just subscribe. Like, you don't have to watch the stuff, really. Just help bump up the numbers. Come on, fucking cunts. Was that a bit much? Up next is the music debate segment. This is ACDC versus Guns N' Roses. And remember, any and all music clips you may hear are available on all of your great music stores and streaming sites. And my personal review, they're all five stars, so no one can sue me. And Jeff and Joe, hello. Okay, every once in a while, there's an inevitable collision course that happens it's a showdown with the titans such as later on today in the boxing we've got Derek Tesora versus David Price at the UFC we've had McGregor versus Nate Diaz three is confirmed and everyone's favorite ever wrestling match Marty Jannetty versus Skip from the Body Donners but today we've come to a much more impressive one it's a Guns N' Roses mark versus an ACDC supporter. <laughs> now, that's not biased. Cool. But we'd first <laughs> like to welcome back to the show once again, infamous racist Joe Feeney. Joe, how's it white doing today? Very good. Can't complain. There you go. And not only uh, the first time on the show, the first time I've ever actually spoken to uh, Jeff, whose surname I'm not too sure I can uh, pronounce. Is it Erstad? Yeah, that's exactly it. Holy yes. shit. Right. Yeah. First try. Uh, so, by the way, Joe, how did you say you were? Never had a bad day in my life. Cut this shit, Joe, and just tell us how you're doing. Phenomenal. Fuck this, Joe. Cut this shit and get to the point. How are you doing? Not well. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, over the past couple of months, between back and forth, DM uh, or we've been debating between ACDC and Guns N' Roses. Jeff, of course, big ACDC guy. Uh, the Fiend Machine, obviously a huge GNR guy. And luckily for me, I'm the greatest person with the greatest uh, taste in music and life in general. I'm just, and I never let it go to my head. So I'm here to judge the battle of GNR versus ACDC. But I've got to admit beforehand, I'm an ACDC mark, but I don't think every song is great. And while I don't love Guns N' Roses, they do have some of the fucking best rock songs ever made. I can see Joe's pussy. Uh, so I think we should start off with uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, what have you got there at number five as the greatest ACDC song of all time? Uh, the fifth greatest ACDC song. All right. So um, listen, there's a lot to choose from. They have a, a, a ton of great stuff. In fact, they put it out a second time, and it still charts. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Back in Black is number five. Oh. Not the album. Which, ironically, is something my girl threatened to do in our latest argument. Uh, I love Back in Black. It's <laughs> one of my favorite weightlifting songs before I drop to the floor and think, oh, fuck, that's right, I can't weightlift anymore. I've torn both shoulders over the years. Uh, Joe, what's your take on Back in Black? I It's one of my favorite ACDC songs. It's funny because you mentioned Skip from the Body Donnas earlier, who the wrestling fans out there will know was the great 
No Gimmicks Needed, Chris Candido, who passed away in 2005, I believe. But his uh, entrance song in ECW was Back in Black, and it was one of, it's one of the best entrance songs to have of all time. You know, it really, really is. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was it was performed far better when Axl Rose was front of the band a few years ago. But, I mean, that goes without saying, doesn't it? And it's funny you mentioned entrance in Back in Black and Chris Candido because uh, Bruce Pritchard, of course, confirmed that rumor of Hamid Johnson and Sonny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, hey, sometimes you need the Somas. You, you know, you got to trade what you can trade. Snitch <laughs> for Coke. Uh, Joe, what have you got in there to battle uh, Back in Black? Well, here's the thing. I've been on the show a couple of times. He's got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) My Guns N' Roses top five kind of stays the same, but I wanted to adjust. So since I'm battling an ACDC top five, you're not going to see any November Rain or fucking This I Love ballads on this. Can't do it. Can't do it. I need some rockets. So I'm going to start. I Actually, you know what? I just changed. I just changed this. Number five, we're going to go with Out to Get Me from Appetite for Destruction. Ooh, uh, what's your take on that song, Jeff? Um, I mean, see, this is this is the whole this is the whole thing with Guns N' Roses. Okay, yeah, you could run down the whole Appetite album and put it out there because it's the only good thing that they put out. Oh, that's hate. Okay, so so oh, other than you could be mine because the video to that is just insane. But um, yeah, Out to Get Me is not even the best song on the album. How does it make the top five? Oh, because they're not a real band with a real catalog. Because I'm not going to use Welcome to the Jungle. It's too obvious, you know? So I went with a little... not. A, I guess that was a B-side, but uh, as far as the ACDC-style rock song, I think Out to Get Me fits that uh, fits those parameters pretty well. Mm. Uh, and what have we got in the number four there, Jeff? Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Highway to Hell. Oh, Top that. There's nothing GNR even has that comes close to that. I'm only, and I'm only too deep. Jesus. I mean, that's why highway to hell. I should have picked Welcome to the Jungle. Why don't you just pick every radio hit, for the love of God? And uh, for... <laughs> well, well, we deep tracks if you like, but I mean, we, we, I, you, want the, you want the guns here, right? Uh, eh, we'll see how the list goes. I, I'm just not even outside of this, you know, five versus five competition or whatever. I just never really liked the song, to be honest. So. You don't like highway to hell. It's okay. I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to it or play it in a bar or something. I wouldn't change it if it was on, but it's not Jesus like... Uh, the third, that is the most communist shit I have ever heard in my <laughs> entire life. You take that back right now. I had a... Uh, you don't like Highway to Hell? What's wrong with you? I don't hate it. I don't, He's already lost the argument. He just doesn't know it yet. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. It's just kind of there. Like fucking girls, girls, girls. It's just there. Did you just compare Highway to Hell to Girls, Girls, Girls? Molly Crew and you got, you got a, a better chance of comparing like Paradise City to Girls, Girls, Girls than Highway to Hell. Hi- Highway to Hell is a rock and roll iconic song. That is, it's the Highway to Hell. There isn't a road trip on the planet that that song doesn't go to. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's see what he is going to bottle uh, Highway to Hell with. Theme Machine, what have you get in there at number four? Now I feel bad because my my first three five four three are all from Appetite for Destruction. So because I, I it has to be off that album to compete with ACDC and that style of music. So four is the legendary Night Train 
And uh, that's that. That's an interesting little battle there, Highway to Hell versus Night Train. Obviously, if you want to go with notoriety and radio play, Highway to Hell probably is going to take that one. But I would say that as far as standalone rock songs, uh, Night Train is probably, to me, one of the greatest standalone party rock type rock songs of all time. What's Night Train even about? It's about a, a wine. Like a three like a three dollar bottle of shitty wine. Like along the same you know what uh, Boone's farm is? What's that supposed to mean? Is that a racist joke? No, it's it's shitty wine or like uh, it's like uh, like Thunderbird. Thunderbird, yeah, there you go. So you well, what, what are you trying to say, Feeney? The people that are friends with Asian people can't afford expensive wine, is that what you're saying? Is that a quote? Listen, I've had night train and I would not recommend drinking it. Although Boone's farm Ab- absolutely sure. not. I've That's tried- <laughs> so, so let me get this right what you're saying Finney you're saying that people should drink wine and throw the bottles at Asian people that's what you're saying well I was trying to be subliminal super super liminal about it but you know if that's what you took from it but uh yeah I gotta go with Night Train great great drink and rock music oh uh, uh, the, the Night Train is definitely a fuck or fight why, why settle for just Asian people throw the bottles to everybody that walks by <laughs> I'm a big fan of the uh, of the misogyny in the song too, where it's like uh, he basically just they wake up and he sends the chick to go buy more liquor, but with her credit card, like fucking phenomenal, phenomenal lyrics. Nice one, that is outstanding, by the way. <clears throat> uh, uh, Jeff, what are we getting at number three? Number three. See now, this is this is tough because because Joe's accused me of going with like all of the big hits, but ACDC has nothing but big hits, mm. so it's it's hard hard not to go. Um, you didn't pick look, anything after the year two thousand, did you? Uh, after the year, no, not in the, not in my top ten. I mean, I, since, not, not in my top five, rather. I would say that I, whatever that Wal, uh, what was it, a Walmart specific release? What was that called? Black Ice or something like that? Yeah, I, I kind of like that one actually. Mm. I've never heard it, but I hear good things about it. But anyway, sorry, God. Uh, I saw, I saw them on that tour. One of the songs on it, it's, it's, it's kind of a deep track. Uh, they actually use a slide guitar, like ACDC breaks tradition a little bit, and and and, and it it sounds great, you know. So uh, you know, for, for everybody who goes and criticizes ACDC and says that they're just like a three chord rock and roll band, they can do other stuff. They just don't, you know. It, it's it's um, uh, you know, they're they're good at what they do. Their formula works, and they they crank out platinum every single time they put something out. You know, yeah, it's like when you know how to make a cake. Why change the ingredients? It's like exactly. oh, get AIDS from this fucking cake. I wanted to have mint chocolate. Now I'm dying of AIDS in Philadelphia. No offense. It just <laughs> chocolate cake every day. Sometimes you want vanilla cake. Sometimes you might want some fucking pumpkin spice cake. I don't know, but you pumpkin definitely want to change. Whatever you do want to change the cake. I want a fucking cheesecake right now. Actually, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. I'd go for a bit of cheesecake. Uh, but speaking of cheesecake, and I don't know what that means. Uh, what are we getting at number three, Jeff? See number three. Uh, this is this is where it gets tough because there's a lot of good stuff at the at the top here. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with Hell's Bells. Got to go back to Back in Black. You, you know, and and sticking with Hell, of course. You know, it's early in the morning, hungover. See my couple Bustello right here. That's a plug, Joe. Get them on the show to advertise. Yeah, Conan always says I should I should drink that. Him and uh, sure. the big big Bustello fans. But uh, you know, Highway to Hell, uh, and and is is one thing. But like when you hear Hell's Bells, like the the opening, you know, bell tolling, and, and everything like that. Like I remember, I mean, again, that came out in 1980, so I didn't hear it when it was brand new. I heard it after the fact. You know, now I'm a little bit older than you fellas, and I heard Guns uh, when it was brand new. 
So we, we, we can get into that a little bit a little bit later. But um, I remember going to uh, a, a, a Jets game at, at, at the old Giant Stadium with with my pops. And Hell's, uh, Hell's Bells is what, you know, they would they kick off to. And the, the bell tolling, the crowd's going crazy. Just a, Man, it's just an empowering song. If you want to go out and fucking kick some ass when you hear that. Plus, it's the closest uh, thing that uh, they've come to, I guess you'd call uh, an artistic song. And that it's, it uses like sound effects and it's epic. It's not just like you're straightforward. I am ready to rock! Yeah, it's definitely on the spectrum. Oh, you said artistic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you said something else. Well, uh, you know, artistic, like, um, eh, for those about to rock is there. I mean, it didn't make my top five, but that's also, that's a, that's a banger with the cannons and everything else like that. And seeing that live is just insane because it's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, like the end zone of the cheesy New England Patriots games. Where they have some fake Patriots and a couple of fake cannons. I mean, the stage is lined with them. They have like 20, like up on the top of the stage and, in, you know, everything. And it's just a huge spectacle. It's great. Um, in terms of their in-stage production, I would put ACDC just behind Kiss and Iron Maiden. Mm. Who? Uh, I- Iron who? Oh. Are you insane? I, don't, I, don't, I swear to God, I don't know one Iron Maiden. <laughs> swear to God. You, you, you really don't know any Iron Maiden songs? No. Are you even from Philly? What's, uh, what, what's the one music video they made? I, may, I might know that. Uh, you know, they got almost no Top 40 airplay. And and the uh, run to the hills. Yeah, all right, I know, I know that, but I, I don't know. I just, it just never. They're not a particularly good video, though. But I'm not a big like, like you think about the big metal bands. But I'm not really like people would confuse me like friends of mine. Like they think I'm like a metalhead, and I'm not. I could go from Guns N' Roses to fucking you know fucking Carol King, or fucking Cat Stevens or whatever. Like I'm not. I, I was never really a metalhead. So wait a minute, that's Islamophobic. He's Usaf Islam. Baby, baby, it's a while. Well, <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, I, I, actually, I, I want to take a right turn real quick. Like, I, I hate to elongate the segment. I know he's going to have to edit the balls off it. But, like, okay, there's a lot of heat. There's been a lot of heat for Guns N' Roses for years because of lineup changes, and especially that long time period when Slash wasn't there, Duff wasn't there, Axel went through some different guitar players, guys from nine decades. Yeah, Buckethead, whatever. So, you know, uh, he can play. Got, he's not bad. The guy from uh, from 6 a.m., uh, if you're a Motley Crue fan, then you would probably know DJ Ash because he wrote their entire fucking last album, But which terrified me because the guy who wrote the last Motley Crue album could have had a hand in writing a Guns N' Roses album, and that's, that's not, oof, that wouldn't have been good for me. But my, my question is, what's with ACDC? How come they're allowed to have a bunch of lineup changes and different singers and shit, and no one ever gives them a fucking problem? That guy fucking died. Well, what about what the rest of the band? <laughs> what about the rest of the band? What, what, what about them? They, they had, you know, the only thing that they changed a couple of times through like, from like, I, I want to say from like 77 or 78, uh, through like the mid 80s was the drummer. You know, they didn't really shuffle around a lot. Like Cliff Williams had been there forever. Malcolm and Angus Young started the band. You know, uh, Bon Scott passed away. Brian Johnson took over. Uh, and then Malcolm Young died and they replaced him with uh, their cousin, Stevie. So, like, they haven't really shuffled guys around like that. It's not like Guns N' Roses where everybody fucking quit the band and there was one guy left. No, no, no. <laughs> Dizzy Reed is still in the band, okay? That's two guys, okay? Dizzy Reed. Oh. Uh, Dizzy Reed. He's like the keyboardist? Come on, man. They didn't even have a keyboardist on Appetite for Destruction. 
But it, but Axel wanted them to have one. They just didn't hire him because they didn't have the money. Ah, really? Is, 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 is that is that from your conversation with Axel? When, you know, when he told you about their new I, album coming out, the store hasn't come out yet. I spent a good fifteen minutes with Axel Rose once. Okay, in Atlantic City, Uzi's heard the story many times. It was a magical moment. This story, every time I tell the story in front of my wife who was there, it gets more exaggerated. Where first we were just in the same room drinking. Now when I <laughs> now when I tell people the story, we shook hands. I told him what his music meant to me. She's like, none of that ever happened. I'm like, shut up, shut up. It happened. But anyway, right, no. Listen, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, man. That's what it's all about. Fucking a. Next thing you know, we sit on the couch with each other. But so since I took a right turn, you guys hold hands. Uh, we didn't hold hands, but our <laughs> our knees touched. And uh, did, did you put your hand on his leg? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't break the break the barrier like that. Like my, a friend of mine's like, "Hey, why don't you ask him for a picture?" I'm like, "Because I, it's fucking. I'm, I just didn't do it. It's. it's I think it's respectful, but uh, see, I'm I'm not I'm not like a, a big picture and like autograph guy. If I meet somebody, I'll say hello, I'll shake their hand, and then, you know that'll that'll be the end of it. You know, um, and whatever. And also, I, I would think like. Uh, when I lived in the Bronx, there was a bar called the Piper's Kilt, and uh, Ace Freely used to come in there uh, pretty often, and because his mother still lived in Riverdale, and um, like there are some things like you just don't do, like if a guy is there just hanging out, like having a couple of beers, like a regular citizen. Ah, yeah, I'm not gonna go up and ask for autographs and and bother the guy and whatever. I mean, if you know, you guys are at the casino with Axel, and he's there gambling. Like, what are you gonna do? Mess up his role and come over and 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 go full fucking groupie on him I, was, uh, you know he was waiting for an ice cream sundae but you know either way <laughs> no shit yeah. uh, he, he's been dancing with mr coldstone <laughs> I, would, I would say that's accurate but to, to move up we'll move along uh i, I kind of put a ringer in there although this is a good, really good rock song uh i stuck it in there specifically because i know he's a big fan of it so i'm cheating a little bit but number three is off chinese democracy and it's the song Better, which I'm sure, Jeff, that I've recommended you listen to. So I will put better at my number three. Uh, I I have listened to it. I've, in fact, after uh, after I just trashed Chinese Democracy, um, I, I gave it a second listen because I hadn't listened to it since it came out. Not many and people have. <laughs> the, well, because it stinks. It's it's bad. <laughs> you know, especially and and you know, again to make, to make a right turn here. This is what this is what pisses me off, and this is why this whole comparison is 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 isn't even fair. Okay, Guns N' Roses could have been the greatest band in the world. Okay, they cranked out Appetite for Destruction, which as a debut album, I mean, it's it's that's a fucking banger, man. That's a um, you know, GNR lies with like you know the, some of the covers that they did and the acoustic set, pretty good. And then after that, they couldn't get together their shit together or anything like that and they wasted our fucking time for 20 years you know they put out that bloated live uh, uh double the usual illusion which could have been condensed into one decent album but not even really that good and then the shitty spaghetti cover album that they did which was bad and uh, you know what let me let me really hammer guns and roses what was that piece of shit wannabe trent reznor fucking crap that they put out for the end of days with schwarzenegger oh my god Oh, it's phenomenal. I, hold on, number two. Hold on, let me change. <laughs> you going with that? <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just it's something in the catalog. I don't fucking know. It wasn't it wasn't anything. It was all right, middle of the road. I, I would say. What have you get in there at number two, Jeff? Number two. Uh, this probably shouldn't be as high, but I just love this song. Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Ooh. 
You know, uh, um, now there's an interesting, interesting side story with that song. That song actually came out in '76 and was released in Australia and Europe, but didn't get um, uh, any American airplay until 1980 after Back in Black came out. Uh, what ended up happening is that um, uh, Atlantic didn't think ACDC's first two albums were good enough to put out in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which is like where like all of their hits are from. Like TNT is off of that. Um, mm-hmm. High Voltage is off of that. The Jack is off of that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's good off of those two albums. And what they ended up doing was uh, kind of putting their first two albums together and releasing the Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap in the U.S., the one with the, uh, the people with the eyes blacked out on the album cover. Okay, and that was just because Back in Black was so hot, they were trying to capitalize on anything ACDC that, that came out, you know, by putting out, like, that older stuff. And, um, but, like, Dirty Deeds, again, man, such a good song. It smells like, 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 like stale cigarettes and spilled beer, like you've been out brawling all night, and, 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 it's just a rocker, man. It's it's, it's good. It, live, with, I've you know, I mean, obviously, I'm not old enough to have seen Bon Scott, but um, you know, Brian Johnson hammers it home, man. When they play it live, it still sounds great. And you know, I, you know, again, that's 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 my number two. What do you got? And of course, uh, this this song every time it's played live has the brilliant reduction by Brian Johnson going, "Hello, are you ready for some dirty?" Yes, yes. I, I, listen, man, you you got to bring it. It's like um. Guns N' Roses starting this show like, oh, well, you wanted the best? They didn't fucking show up. Trying to rip off Kiss like they're somebody special. They're not. They're a one-hit wonder, one-album wonder back. Kiss? Kiss? What has Kiss ever done? Who'd they ever beat? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, don't you blaspheme in here like that? <laughs> God damn it. You know, any base, <laughs> their face, it doesn't work for me, you know? Fucking Kiss. It might as well be the Insane Clown Posse. Oh, for Christ's sakes. How do you... Where do you even make that connection other than face paint? I mean, like... Face paint and they stink and they couldn't write a song. How do you say the kiss stinks? Brutal. Brutal. Overrated. The censor part of that? Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) Cusey, you're going to... Joe, I I, I, I like you, man. I like your podcast. We're losing credibility by the second here, bro. (laughs) It it, it just, (laughs) just... You know, you have this empire of great stuff, and then when you say stuff like Kiss Stinks, it just... Uh, you know what you sound like? You sound like one of those embittered AEW marks. Oh. And anything that's not in line with their narrative is crap. Wait a minute, now we're just... <laughs> we're stepping over the line. What have you got to compete with 30 Dates? Rocket Queen. I tried to, I tried to change the list up, but certain songs are just going to make it, and... Uh, I don't know, like uh, not being an enormous ACDC fan, I'd have to ask Jeff what their best um, album closer is, because I think an album closer it used to be very important anyway. I don't know about it anymore, but uh, Rocket Queen I think was the perfect way to, to close out Appetite for Destruction. It, it changed up a little bit, where you know got a little a little more uh, tender in the lyrics at the end. There kind of was a surprise, probably for people the first time to listen to it, but. Uh, great album closer and still one of their top songs. And one of the top songs to see them do live as well, as long as Slash isn't soloing for 10 minutes. What's your take on Rocket Queen, Jeff? Uh, 
But it's a it's a good song, and as an album closer, again, I mean, you know, Appetite. Every single song on that is is pretty good. So I mean, it's one of those albums. If you're a woman over forty dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. That you can put on in the car for a long drive and listen to the whole thing all the way through without any skipping. Um, in terms of an al album closer, uh, um, you know, a lot of ACDC's catalog is is from, you know, like the vinyl days where you had like side one and side two were from tape. So your album closer typically wouldn't be like the strongest songs on the album. Um, I, I, I don't know if Let There Be Rock is an album closer. I think it might be, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I haven't got a clue because well, I get into ACDC. Uh, just because, like, I, I feel like listening to that album and then that song is it closes it out, and they have like the ridiculous solo that goes on, on and on and on in the end of that. I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, when you're dealing with like vinyl and, and stuff that was major, usually marketed on tape, which Guns N' Roses was kind of right on the cusp of them changing that over. It wasn't so much your album closer; it was your side two opener that was just as important as um, you know what you opened the album with. I'd you say so. Like even uh, even recently, ACDC still knows how to open an album well with uh, rock or bust. Uh, yeah, and I thought play ball was pretty good too, except it was too short. You know what they need? They need a few more songs with uh, rock in the title. I don't think we've quite covered that ground yet. It's a rock and roll band, dude. I mean, now just imagine if Guns N' Roses sang about guns in this snowflake society these days. <laughs> I was always surprised, and I know, Jeff, I don't know if you've seen them since Slash came back. I can't remember if you've told me that or not, but uh, I know Husey saw them. And uh, the, one of the things is before they come out on stage, their logo is on the thing. And then, like, the guns just keep going off. Like, randomly, you'll be walking around, you'll just hear, and I'm like, this isn't, I'm surprised that they even let, let, you know, there's no trigger warning or whatever. And when I went to see them, it wasn't too long after the fucking Vegas shooting. Like, just a few days, I think. And oh, so, so they brought it. Sure enough, before the show, like, all these guns going off as they're preparing to take the stage. And I'm like, I don't know about that. And uh, it was 2017, but anyway. Uh, yeah. 
when I went to see uh, Guns N' Roses, they were playing at Slane Castle, and I think there was something like 95 to 85,000 people there. And this was uh, the week after uh, this group of people, don't know if you've ever heard of them, they're called Muslims. Uh, They did these terror attacks in England. No. So, you know... (laughs) As uh, as Colin Quinn says, don't let a few hundred thousand bad apples ruin the bunch. (laughs) (laughs) He's a great comedian. I always liked him. I love him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Duff McKagan said on an interview on Jericho's podcast that they literally had hired an army sniper team that was patrolling the crowds at all times just in case they happened to see some sort of uh, shit going down that they were getting ready to shoot a... uh, Muslim. Ah, that's the world we live in now, man. It's it's uh, I, I miss the good old days of the Cold War with the uh, the imminent threat of mutually assured destruction. Yeah, I miss Hitler personally. Uh, Jesus so- Christ! <laughs> I think to make it, is it? Oh, that's going on the trailer. Uh, we've now come to the big blow-off of uh, number one slot. So, Jeff, what have you got in as the number one greatest ACDC song of all time? Shoot the thrill. Uh, absolutely not. Ugh. Listen, man, you're done. There is not a better concert opener. There is not anything. I'm going straight Thunderstruck, dude. You got nothing that matches it. The only thing you can bring is Welcome to the Jungle, and it's not close. Thunderstruck is uh, that that footage of them opening that Donington Festival show back in '91. Even today, it, it gets the flaccid penis going. It can make <laughs> a Philadelphia AIDS dick ready to party. It's it's like a, a Bluetooth. Yeah, you can Bluetooth plug right now. If you use the code hello, you get your first <laughs> for just five dollars shipping, and usually, of course. Uh, Blue Chew just uh, you know renewed you for the rest of the year, so let's get get those plugs going. Let's get That's going. Let's get those dicks hard. But <laughs> yeah, what's your take on Thunderstruck there, Fiend Dog? It's a great song. You can't you can't deny that for sure. I'm I'm not a. I think Jeff and I's taste differ because whereas he oh that's that's a shot is that is that it's not surprising. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hot take right there. Hot take. We might not like the exact same things, but um, whereas he prefers the appetite. I liked the fact that guns uh, evolved like a Led Zeppelin, I would say. They didn't evolve. They got worse. Now, I would say evolved. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not saying uh, there wasn't some turds on user illusion. I think that was one. Uh, but see, well, this is this is this is uh, and I don't mean to interrupt, but this is where your whole argument fails. OK, there weren't some turds aren't you unusual on your illusion. They were OK. The whole um, Chinese democracy was a fucking turd. And um, so you went from Appetite for Destruction to an album with a bunch of turds on it to a whole turd of a fucking album. And a few. Okay. So they didn't evolve. They they stunk up the joint. They, I think, they, they didn't uh, get better. Part part of the fun of being a Guns N' Roses fans is, a fan is enjoying some of the crap. It's like I, being a New York Jets fan. It's like getting kicked in the balls and, and disappointed every time they put out something new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see because uh, as we've discussed and as is still heavily rumored, according to my pretty important sources, um, there might actually be a release by the end of this year, if you can believe that, but more likely uh, March 2020. Well, if it's something by the end of this year, 
it, it won't be an album. It might be an EP or even a live release. But there should be a new album. There's, I'm here. I'm hearing it, dude. March. So, all new stuff, dude. Not just Chinese democracy uh, leftovers. And we're coming up to the one year anniversary of the classic Rock the Rock. <sighs> See, that's part of the fun. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are they doing? <laughs> so, Fanny and I, we've got the, the part uh, Thunderstruck, one of the classic rock songs ever. What have you got to battle it in this epic Guns N' Roses versus ACDC uh, bomb fight? November right now. That's ridiculous. I would get smoked right now. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, number one, I actually put You Could Be Mine. And, uh, oh, yeah, I, I mean, like that one. I do like it. It's not even... I mean, I think it's a great song, but my, my top five is a little, a little different. You know, I have a lot of deep cuts and whatnot. But You Could Be Mine... I would say is the song that, that mostly got me into the band. And it's like Jeff said, through that video and the Terminator 2 connection and whatnot. Even though I'd been listening to them before that, uh, that might have been the song that really got me into the band. And to this day, you know, you talk about bands with great catalogs like ACDC, but for a Guns N' Roses to have, you know, Jungle, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine, Patience, that's enough to sustain an entire career, those first two albums. But then you still have, after that, songs like November Ain't, Don't Cry, and then You Could Be Mine, which is... It, it, it would have been... Impl- if you put You Could Be Mine on Appetite for Destruction, which it could have been... It just it would have they- been the lead single. And it, say it would have replaced yeah. something like fucking Anything Goes, which to me stinks. So, Or you could even replace uh, Think About You or something. You throw You Could Be Mine on there. Maybe you even throw November Rain on there in place of something else. It really could have been the greatest album of all time. But... You know, anyway, so that that's my number one. You could be mine. And Husey, I did hear that the uh, the early screenings of the new Terminator are out. And there is no Guns N' Roses in that film, so that they didn't take advantage of that. Again, it's part of being a fan of the fucking band. You'd think the obvious thing would be to put a, a, a new single in the new Terminator movie, but well, I mean, that's what happens when you don't work for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been working very hard behind closed doors. Let's read out the results of this epic battle because there's some great fucking songs here. When it came to Back in Black versus Out to Get Me, I'm going to have to go with Back in Black. Yeah, I figured that. Uh, I don't like Out to Get Me. I don't like the way Axel introduced that in the fucking intro. Out to Get Me. He's like, shut up, Ginger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, like being a fan of Guns N' Roses was difficult because the only concert release for a long time or live release was that live from Tokyo, double cassette tape VHS. And then, dude, hit, I can't watch it. I can't watch a guy run around in the smallest red shorts you've ever seen in your life. Call me what you will. It just, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to say that's my guy. You know, so and that's Impossible. such a weird choice to release that because the Japanese crowd is practically silent. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Same thing with wrestling. See, here's the thing. And we'll talk about little shorts. Angus Young gets it done, bro. Well, I don't like looking at Angus Young. He gets it done. Axel Rose, no. Angus Young makes me... It's his signature look. It's been been established on this show, of course, that my biggest concert regret uh, is not seeing that verse. Just seeing Axel sing those songs. Because, to be honest, for someone that's a big Guns N' Roses fan... Hearing him do those songs made me a bigger ACDC fan and made me explore some more of the catalog. Well, we, we've um, we touched on this when we were talking on on Twitter and and, and whatever that you know uh, I I passed on that ACDC show and then um, you know Brian Johnson you know had the hearing issues and and what have you 
because I had seen ACDC previously on that tour at, at uh, Giants at the MetLife. So yeah. I passed on it when they went to Madison Square Garden. Wait, they, did, she, wait, wait, did they play one night at MetLife? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Guns N' Roses played two. But anyway, you know, the demand was there. The demand was there. Anyway, go, go ahead. You know, it, it's, it's, well, I mean, keep in mind that ACDC at the time was, you know, those guys are in their 70s. They can't do a double dip like that. Whatever. You, you know, my uh, ears hurt. Wah. Oh, my God. Well, listen, man, it, it happens. And you know what? He didn't even hurt his ears from, uh, from, from playing on stage with ACDC for 40 years. Apparently, it was due to his race cars. Oh, really? I said, I didn't know. Yeah. But, uh, see, I, now I got you off track. Go ahead. But, um, no, what, what I was going to say with, with, um, you did get me off track, damn it. No, I was saying that <laughs> I, I regret not going to see that show and seeing some of the live videos with Axel singing the ACDC songs made me more of an ACDC fan, made me explore the catalog a little more. That, that's exactly it, because, you know, I passed on that show for whatever reason. And then, um, you know, I listened to Jericho's podcast, and I, and I heard an interview with uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax, and they said that it was fucking fantastic. So yeah. now, like, all right, let me see what I missed, and I watched, like, some of the clips of it on YouTube, and, and the first round of, round of YouTube didn't really do it justice, but, like, after a while, that better videos got posted over time, and Jesus, the, the Axel Rose sounded great, especially doing the, uh, the Bon Scott stuff. Mm. You, you know, um, and this is... Not even running around the stage doing anything. He was laid up. He was sitting in like a wheelchair and shit. So, um, you know, he definitely brought it. Um, you know, in terms of Guns N' Roses, they're not a bad band. They're not. But they to have compare, bad fans. They, well, they don't have bad fans. I mean, their fans are kind of groupies <laughs> and, 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 and unreasonable. But <laughs> unreasonable. It's it, it's um. You know, again, like I heard Guns N' Roses when they were brand new. I'm a little bit older than you guys. I'll be 44 next month. And um, when Appetite for Destruction came out, uh, you know, just if, if you let me segue into this, uh, I grew up in Long Island and there was a, uh, uh, a small amusement park called Adventureland. So, you know, when you're a teenager, you go over to this place and they have like a, you know, like a food court, like some cheesy rides and, and everything else like that. And one of the more, you know, you could go into like the haunted house and make out with your girlfriend for 45 minutes. Um, it, one of the rides that they had was this thing called like the Gravitron, which is like a, uh, it's like a spinny ride. And, and yeah. the forces kind of pin you to the sides and the panels that you're on move. So, and all they did was just blast like rock music out of this thing when, when, when you went into it. So, of course, I go in there and, you know, at the time, uh, Molly Crew had just come out with uh, Girls, Girls, Girls. I'm like, all right, so, you know, can you play, uh, you know, Wild Side from Molly Crew? Listen, it's 1987. What the fuck? You, you know. Um, you weren't asking for poison. No, 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 no. We'll see. But we're getting to that. This is, this is part of why I like Guns N' Roses, though. So another fellow comes up. He's like, Yo, you never heard of Guns N' Roses? I'm like, no. He's like, dude, he's like, yo, play Welcome to the Jungle. He's like, dude, you'll love it. Right. So they did, and fucking, I heard it, and the next day, I go to the, to the, you know, back when record stores still existed, I go to the store called Diamond T Records, and I go and I pick it up, and I wore that shit out, you know, and, and it came out, and, you know, the three things, and first of all, they, they weren't a hair metal band, I mean, you look at those guys, they look like a fucking street gang, you know, as opposed to with, like, the lipstick and the high hair and the makeup. Now, you see Axl Rose in, like, the video with his fucking corny-ass high hair. But, like, yeah, you know, they, they look like a real fucking band, not a bunch of, you know, pansies. And, and um... That's because Izzy, Izzy really was a drug dealer. 
You know, so, I well, mean, they but, were fucking street dudes. Yeah, but even his street dude, he got beat up by Vince Neil. Well, that's I mean, that depends on what's which version. Of the story. <laughs> At number four, when it comes to Highway to Hell versus Nitrine, uh, it's not even close. I'm going to go a Highway to Hell. Getting smoked. Uh, my whole problem with Nitrine is when Axel sings this lyrics, he goes, I'm one bad mother. And I go, no, you're a cunt. No, not, I mean, not, not bad at all. But he's got he a right for his boy, though. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Hell's Bells versus Better, uh, I have to go with Better. Uh, I love Hell's Bells, but Better's just, it's the fact that when you get the one great song, like when you find a diamond inside a pile of shit, you want to <laughs> keep that diamond after a severe wash. And uh, I really like Better. I think it's really, really good. When it comes to Dirty Deeds, Thunder Cheap versus Rocket Queen, I'm honestly going to have to go with Rocket Queen. Wow. Simply just because I love that intro so much uh, from the album, not so much live, because uh, they come across like Las Vegas showgirls when they do it. Okay. And when, so that's two for two. And when we come to Thunderstruck versus You Could Be Mine, I can't help but notice that neither one of you said cunt flaps, which was an agreed Twitter <laughs> agreement oh, before. Shit. So let's take turn. Feeny, how about the cunt flaps? Cunt flaps. Cunt nice. flaps, man. Cunt flaps. <laughs> you know, a well, friend of mine listened to the, to the show on Friday and was uh, very uh, irritated that I censored a certain word that you and I used quite a few times describing wrestling fans' chants and whatnot. He's like, why'd you have to censor the word? Because I want to keep sponsors, that's why. You can't just say faggot all you want. Oh, shit. Um, you know, well, anyway. <laughs> there it is. Why, why do you want to say that word often? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, it just, you know, sometimes if someone cuts you off in traffic, it comes out. But what are you going to do? Yeah, or if you know you're having cereal. <laughs> or if you, if you happen to turn on the news and Hillary Clinton's on it. Yeah, or you stub your toe. Or <laughs> yeah, or your wife doesn't make eye contact with you. Yeah. So, of course, well, I, I interrupted during the big finale. So, yeah. what's the number one result? Well, between Thunderstruck and You Could Be Mine, which was a very, very tough choice. And again, I love the word cunt flaps. I've got to go with Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck is uh, a piece of golden brilliance. And You Could Be Mine is possibly my favorite GNR song <clears throat> at the minute. But... Uh, there's just nothing can stop Thunderstruck. Like, that's got to be in the top 10 songs ever. Uh, to open a show. Oh, uh, it's the best concert opening I've seen for any band. And they're not even my... ACDC's not even my favorite band. That would be, of course, Oasis. But uh, I think that this was another kicking for uh, old racist, uh, homophobic Feeney, the bully. Uh... ACDC reigns supreme. Jeff Erstad has great taste. Uh, Jeff, why don't you plug your social media for my great listeners out there, man? Uh, okay, um, I, I don't have much. Just uh, just a Twitter. It's uh, um, at Jeff Erstad um, on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I don't really use Facebook. I have a Facebook. I don't really use it. Um, and I don't really use Instagram. I, I work... Uh, I work at a university, so I have to keep my social media imprint relatively, uh, relatively small. So it's, it's, um, it, you know, uh, yeah, come, come and take a look. It's, uh, mostly, uh, rock and roll comics, uh, wrestling, 
and uh, sports. So you know, no no politics, none of that nonsense. So it's uh, you know, if it, it's just it's just good stuff. If anyone wants to congratulate him for kicking Finney Scullin, that's the place to go. Well, guys, uh, I thought that this was a very successful segment. I won't edit anything out of it. I'm just going to cut the start and the end off, and that's us. So we're all in the shit. So this will probably be coming out towards Christmas. So we end with the, you know what we'll end it with? Uh, ACDC actually have a Christmas song. That's right, Mistress for Christmas. I'm going to wish you both guys a very merry Mistress for Christmas. Thanks for having me, fellas. No problem. Christmas song. That's a disgrace. Who are they, Mariah Carey? I fucked her last night. If you find $100 on the street, would you pick it up? Or would you keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. I would. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. I mean, come on, let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. But seriously, though, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. But tell me this, did you know you can bet on games after the kickoff? If by the second half it looks like you're going to lose, you can always just take the other side. There you go. And if you're the kind of guy or girl, let's get woke, that likes to bet little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code HUGY, H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y, to activate the offer. That's promo code H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y, HUGY. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, guys, pay attention to me because I want to talk to you about sex, but good sex, you know? Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, nowadays, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, you know, blue like the color blue, like my beautiful eyes. Well, BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work and you can take them anytime day or night and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a regular pill so you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity arises I mean put it like this just say you've had a long hard week of rocking and rolling and you people who follow me on social media know that that's my big hobby I love to go to concerts well, I'll just say it's the third concert in five days and you look like a zombie and you're ready to sleep, but that's okay for you, but that's not okay for her. So you got to do something about it. So when you get home, you take your Bluetooth and after your Bon Jovi concert, you can wait for a different kind of BJ. Oh! But i got to say, this is not just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performances in the bedroom. Uh, put it like this, you know, you get a lot of fellas who talk a good game, but really in real life, the one and done type of people, you know, like, I can't do anymore, maybe tomorrow. Well, enough of that. Blue Chew can help 
you follow through for round two and gotta say, maybe even round three. Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA and since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they're actually cheaper than a pharmacy. Well, right now we get a special deal for the listeners of it. Choosy Hello. If you visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code HELLO. You're just going to pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code HELLO to try this brilliant stuff for free. And i got to tell you, trust me, Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring It's Usually Hello. And she thanks me for using Blue Chew. On with the show. There'll be snow at Christmas They said there'll be peace on earth But instead it just kept on raining A veil of tears for the virgin birth I remember one Christmas morning A winter's light and a distant choir And the peal of a bell and that Christmas tree smell Eyes full of tinsel and fire They sold me a dream of Christmas they sold me a cyanite They told me a fairy story Till I believed in the Israelite And I believed in Father Christmas And I looked to the sky with excited eyes Then I woke with a yawn in the first light of dawn And I saw him and through his disguise
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, thank you, boys. And was there really ever any doubt as to who was going to win? I mean, come on. Like, that's like saying, what do you prefer? Uh... Getting punched in the jaw in a bar or getting a, a, a blowjob off a really gorgeous Asian woman? Like, well, is it a whiskey bar? Hold for laughter. And back into the show. Up next is Zach Amico. Zach is hilarious. Zach is also an amazing social media follow, which he plugs towards the end of the episode. Get ready to follow him, Zach's on, talk about all that stuff that I already spoke about. You can really hear the sexual attraction between the both of us. What can I say? It's just something that happens when I do whatever it is that I do. So, Zach Amico, hello. I'd like to welcome to the podcast right now my ex-boyfriend, but we stayed uh, close friends afterwards. The great Zach Amico. Zach, how are you doing today? You know, it's been a while, but it's good to hear from you, baby cakes. I, I, I thought you were just going to call me pig. Uh, peach fuzz yeah but you know i like to change it up honey <laughs> okay pumpkin lips but so uh earlier on i was uh looking at your instagram and i was uh jerking my johnson to it uh is that okay with you hey nothing that's what it's there for right okay because I, I was worried in case you were going to say uh you weren't okay with it but of course the scene that you uh just for wrestling there recently uh first of all What's it like doing blade jobs these days? And second of all, do you actually follow the modern day product? Uh, yeah, I do follow the product. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, some of the guys. Uh, I tend to stick to uh, when I was in college era, wrestling the most. I miss my Nigel McGuinness. Uh, but uh, blade job right now, uh, I recently only, I only learned how to blade well recently. And... Uh, at my level of wrestling, uh, these uh, these fun little indies, mostly now every promoter that I work for is like, hey, you're not going to bleed all over my canvas, are you? Because that's $160. <laughs> but so, that's because they're worried I'm going to uh, completely annihilate myself and they're going to have to buy a new canvas. 
what what's your take on the modern obsession with the political correctness in wrestling? I think it's a reflection of everything else. I think it's people on Twitter who want to get attention without actually having accomplished anything. I think it's fans who want to be involved in the product. And since they're not talented enough to actually be involved, they decided they can ruin other people. Yeah, because that's the thing. Because uh, one of my other podcasting jobs is I edit for this show called uh, Keeping It 100, which is run by uh, Conan and Disco Inferno. Uh, yeah. They both whack off during the show. I hope that's okay with you. Absolutely. Okay, because I was just worried in case we were going to say you weren't. But they always talk about the fact that the worst thing about the modern product is the fans. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure how wrong they are because I can't tell you how, even as being pretty new to the business, the way people wish they were part of the show when if they just participated in the correct way, they would be is infuriating. And watching somebody in the crowd try to get themselves over is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Yeah, I watch uh, Impact Wrestling because uh, it shows on the normal TV over here. And there's a thing I've noticed some of the fans doing where they'll literally stand up during a match and turn their back to the to the match. Yeah. And you just think, so fucking leave and go get a pint, uh, beer or go whack off in the car park like a normal person. Don't make it draw attention to your fucking cunt selves. Yeah, it's it's got to be all about them, and that's just the uh, the the YouTube generation that we are. Everybody thinks that everyone has a level playing field of talent and ability. Uh, would you like to hear uh, the wrestling joke that used to be in my stand-up act? Yes, please. Okay, uh, uh, prepare your sides, by the way, and I hope you're sitting down for hilarity. Are you ready to laugh? Yeah, oh, of course. I was born ready, baby. Then let the laughter begin. So uh, Triple H and Stephanie are out uh, taking their baby for a walk, and Stephanie's you know, wearing heels, and she's pushing the baby in the stroller, and she's getting a bit tired. She goes to Triple H, says, Hey, uh, would you like to push the baby for a while? And Triple H says, uh, no, she's too small and doesn't know how to cut promos. So that's perfect. Thank you. I've got a, a, another one about Hulk Hogan. I'm listening. Uh, what's, uh, what have Hulk Hogan and me got in common? What? We both think about fucking his daughter on a daily basis. That's great. Thank you. The funniest comment I ever read... It was so wildly inappropriate. It was uh, the the week of the Connor the Crusher uh, video when that little kid died, and they had the video of him punching Triple H and pinning him. I wit, I mean, I wish I was this funny. Somebody wrote, "Typical Triple H. He'll put over somebody smaller than him if he can bury him the next week." <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It, I, was, I, it was so fucking mean. It made me laugh so hard. I, I heard one about... Uh, uh, do you know the, the, the lady, uh, Dana Brooke? Yes. Well, uh, apparently, you know, she likes to have a bit of fun and, you know, enjoys a single life. I read uh, some uh, fine gentleman leave the comments saying, uh, Dana Brooke is such a slut that if she was getting raped, she'd insist on being on top. 
That's fucking brutal. Yeah, I thought, I thought I heard a great one about Bailey where they said <laughs> they said uh, Bailey seems like the kind of girl who uh, would take it up the ass on the first night, but still keep her socks on. I love that. Well, speaking of people that I love, and I'm sure you you tolerate them, I want to ask you about uh, the brilliant uh, Luis J. Gomez. Uh, I think he's fucking hilarious, but he also seems like kind of a, a bit of a handful. So how is it uh, being uh, sat beside the rattlesnake? You know, it's it's 10 long years into our uh, friendship. Uh, and I want to say we've been doing the podcast together for like five now. Uh, Lewis is infuriating. He's a lot to handle, and he's embarrassing to be around in public. Uh, I've seen entire Starbucks full of people make fun of him as he leaves for him barking out orders at people. But at the same time, he walked my mother down the aisle at my wedding. Like, he's one of my best friends. He did that for, uh, he's a sweetie pie. I'm going to whack off thinking about that later on, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, he is one of my closest friends, and uh, uh, I, I really enjoy him. He is as infuriating as he is a genuinely good dude, and that really is the guy. Like, there is no uh, on and off. Like, as much as we pretend we're characters, that's the dude that's walking around at all times. And beyond that, he is the best dad I've ever met. Nobody uh, loves their kid more and is better their kid than, than Lewis. Uh, they, uh, I've uh, see the thing about people like Lewis, who I think they're popular and on the rise, is as you say, the real. Like that's why I love Anthony Cumia, and I interviewed Anthony on this uh, earlier this year, and uh, he was drinking beers. Like you could hear him going, you know, and you think, yes, that's that's what you want Anthony Cumia to do. Oh, absolutely. Like, it reminds me of uh, the story Foley tells in his book about uh, uh, when Diamond Dallas Page uh, first came on the scene and Abdul the Butcher was like, dude, he was like, he's going to be a big deal. And Foley goes, why? Because he lives his gimmick. Uh, and that to me is Lewis. He lives the gimmick. Uh, the same, like, just when you see somebody that, that can be who they are on stage, on podcasts, in real life, hey, there's something about it that's undeniable. But that's uh, I love real people because, as, as was mentioned earlier, uh, I work for uh, Conan, mm-hmm. and uh, I shouldn't really be saying this, but there's a story that's probably going to come out about him. Uh, he literally hired a group, a gang of guys, to go around to the house to uh, threaten someone who'd been talking shit to him online. Excellent. It's like just that's what you want them to do, you know. That's the NWO kind of way. So, so what you're saying is Conan doesn't just play a Mexican; he is one. <laughs> oh well, he he identifies as a Cuban at the minute. What else? That's Cuba is an island off the coast of Mexico. Uh, as as far as I'm concerned, they all work for us. <laughs> Build that wall. But uh, I, I gotta ask you, but we're talking about the the lovely Lewis. Uh, that whole Nicole Arbor thing. Do you think he kind of made it out to be sort of a, a bigger deal than what it was? No, because that fucking 
Oh, I hate her. Uh, I we have a sneaking suspicion she contacted a lot of our sponsors, uh, and that's a real shitty move because she went after the finances of not just Lewis but his co-host and the other people that work on that show. So when you take away our ad revenue, uh, you're attacking multiple people's ability to, uh, you know, raise their families, pay their rent, etc. So fuck her. She, uh, but see, the thing about her I don't get is if you look at her Twitter, she has a comparatively low number. Yeah. Yet if you look at fucking the face, or not Facebook, uh, Instagram, Instagram and, and, and fucking YouTube, it's huge. And it's like, well, why isn't this, uh, crossing over because no one cares about her words. Yeah, and, and she's not she's not funny. Oh, she stinks. And like so, even the whole thing with her, um, everything she was tweeting at Lewis and, and kind of the gas digital Legion of Skanks crowd. If you looked at it, her tweets would have like. Five retweets and 30 likes as opposed to somebody like Lewis who has drastically less followers than, followers than her but would have five times, ten times the amount of likes and retweets which just means his audience is that much more engaged and actually cares about what he says as opposed to her who is just a fucking pretty lady who people tolerate what she says so they can look at her. But is, is she even really that that pretty I mean she, she kind of reminds me of uh do you ever get when you uh, unpeel a banana and you think now look at that fucking banana that is a good banana and then after a couple of minutes you go oh fuck it's it's kind of going brown here it's kind of going off it's like eh, it's still an edible but it's not a great banana and that's the way i think of her she's the banana of comedy yeah she's definitely uh she hears that clock ticking and I think she's already starting to shop for uh, tasteful outfits to wear when she's a pundit on Fox News. <laughs> I'm stealing that one. <laughs> Please feel free. But uh, let me ask you a question about uh, female comedians, because obviously we're not saying that uh, uh, women aren't funny. Uh, there's a lot of white women that are funny. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. But uh, on purpose. <laughs> but do you think that? <clears throat> And this is a genuine question that uh, good-looking women, comedians, get the, the credit they deserve. Because I'll give you an example. Uh, I think you've met her, uh, Karen Freehan. Yeah, I know Karen. Yeah. She's fucking hilarious. And it's like every tweet she sends out is funny. And her stand-up is good. And her conversations, like, like her natural wit is really good. But I think the fact that she's so good-looking... Almost has people, uh, I wouldn't say disrespecting her, but not taking her as seriously as a comedian, uh, ironically. Would you agree, or should I go fuck myself? No, I see what you mean, and I think that depends on the person, because sometimes I actually think it lowers the bar because people don't expect it, so when she is good, it pops even more. I think it kind of depends on the person, depends on the crowd. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's plenty of... Uh, Funny women of the attractive and unattractive uh, variety, just like, just like dudes. But at the same time, I think, uh, yeah, my, myself being an example, I think unattractive people just have uh, all that more reason to be funny. 
So when an attractive person is funny, it's almost like a double whammy. Like you can't believe that happened. Well, uh, I would like a say duck with a hat on. You've never seen it before. <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't say you're unattractive, Zach. And in fact, the next time I'm in jail, if ever. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I see you there, you're in for a few years of hell, and that's a compliment behind the cell. Much appreciated. But talk to me about uh, podcasting in general, because last time I checked, I think there's uh, 170, 12 billion uh, podcasts going, uh, and you, of course, mentioned about that stupid bitch going after advertisers, so do you uh, find it kind of stressful and that the rewards make all the time worth it and uh, a fact you know what yeah answer that then i've got a follow-up question i actually think uh, having a podcast as oversaturated as the market is is incredibly beneficial just because and especially because i do realize podcasts three days a week i'm in people's heads all week so when we go out on the road people feel like they know me because you know they hear me talk almost half their week uh it creates a very close bond and a relationship with your audience that i don't think any other medium does and now that i've kind of branched out and i'm doing my horror movie podcast i'm really finding my audience people that connect with me and it's a great way to find uh people that like you and for people that don't like you to go ah it's not my thing and turn it off i feel like it's a way to streamline your fan base and it's a kind of fan who is a fan for life who will spend money seeing you buying merch and uh, investing in your content. But do you ever feel that sometimes they kind of uh, cross the line? Because, uh, again, just to keep talking about myself, because I think I'm quite awesome, but when I interviewed Disco Inferno for my podcast, uh, it was a pretty funny interview because he's quite a, a witty guy. But I had this annoying fucking fan who literally tweeted the entire 50-minute interview word for word to me. Or sorry, line by line to me. And it's like, why? Yeah, you do get crazy people. At a, uh, I Coming from my experience, because I, I came up with the roast battles and hosting roast stuff, everybody wants to try their hand at making fun. And most people are not good at it. Most people just write a mean thing. Uh, so that could be a little... It could put a damper in your day if you let it get to you. I am quite quick with the block button. Uh, and once I hit that block... Because when you uh, block somebody, 
It's pretty fun. The only thing more satisfying is the mute button because then they don't even know that they don't exist to you anymore. And it's just like, I love the idea of the be gone because <laughs> it's that easy. It's one button and you're irrelevant. Hey, I fucking block so many people. I should be made out of fucking Lego or something. Fuck yeah. I'm in the chip army, uh, day one uh, in, in rollers. So by the way, I gotta ask you though, what's it like when you've got a podcast? Because uh, of course, people that don't know real ass podcast, they generally have two comedians on per set, a per set per recording. So what's it like though when you've got the a guest on and you can just tell this is not going well, this is not funny shit. Well, luckily that's why I'm happy we have me and Lewis together because even if the guest isn't working. Usually me and Lewis then are just trying to make each other laugh. And sometimes those are some of the funniest ones where we're trying to keep it together and not laugh in the face of the guest who's bombing. Yeah, because that's the thing. Uh, I had an interview with uh, Rich Voss, and it was strange in that uh, I thought it was a great interview, but it was the least funny one I've ever done simply because, um, well, it was like that. <laughs> yeah, but it was like because even though I asked them, it was more like uh, serious answers, and and I thought it went great. But uh, at the same time, I had a Joe Mattery son, and Jesus fucking Christ, I've had a, uh, I've had more conversation from uh, Chris Belmore's kids. Hey, listen, Joe's a, a, a great comedy teacher here. And uh, I'm 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 proud to have uh, to known him. Uh, well, that wasn't an insult. I'm still, uh, but at the same time, it was like, what I fucking do. You know what I mean? Talk about who is. Let me put it this way: I was very comfortable making fun of Rich because I know he's a funny guy, and he'll get it, and I like him a lot. There you go. <laughs> but of course, uh, you mentioned there that you're starting up this. Uh, Horror film podcast, and of course the name is? Uh, Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show. It's on every Friday at midnight on the Gas Digital Network. But uh, what's your, uh, are you a big film buff, would you say? Yeah, I actually uh, went to film school, and I have assistant directed uh, four feature films. Would you say that, uh, and maybe this is my opinion, but these days films are getting worse? Yeah, and I think that's a product of uh, the people's attention spans are going down and uh, that it's getting harder and harder to get a movie made. It's, it's quote, Dana Gould, uh, that it's harder and harder to get a movie made uh, that doesn't have Iron Man in it. But that's the, but that's the thing that, that I don't understand about the way cinema's going. It's like uh, I've seen more films over the past 12 months that I thought were fucking awful than I have in maybe the past 12 years. Like, Venom is shit. X-Men 7 is shit. Uh, Rambo 5 was fucking... I, I thought I got my drink spike going. Did you see Rambo? Okay, I am very biased about the new Rambo because I went to go see it during the day and it was me... And what I can only describe as uh, an adult daycare came in. Uh, so I got to watch the new Rambo with 40 retarded people. 
and it was the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> uh, they were felt, quite the crowd. Must have felt like it was in 3D. Oh, uh, it was. I there was literally a a special needs guy in front of me who every single time a, a Rambo was going to kill somebody, he just went uh oh uh oh uh oh. I was so entertained. Like, and I, I, so many people told me it was a bad movie. I guess I have to watch it again sans 40 retarded people, but. But do you think that in a weird way that Nick, uh, that uh, Sylvester Stallone is kind of critic proof? Yeah, because it's his thing. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like trying to criticize noise music for not being melodic enough. It's like, yeah, it's a fucking Stallone movie. What do you want? And, of course, you call it the Midnight Spook Show, which is a horror film. But what's your take on uh, modern horror films? I think there's more good stuff coming out than we realize. And that's because horror is the easiest genre to get your start in. Because you can go with something relatively low budget without any famous people. And you're going to get people that want to see it just because there's a need for horror movies. Uh, and, and, uh, they tend to make a little bit of money. I, I think Ari Oster, the, uh, Midsommar, uh, was, was phenomenal, uh, as well as Hereditary. I think there's cool stuff coming out. One Cut of the Dead, which just came out, was really good. Uh, I think there's more good stuff that we know. It's just not getting these huge wide releases. I think it's because they keep releasing the horror films outside of Halloween season. Yeah, there's no, there was no like um, need to see horror movie this October, which was a real bummer. And well, I like, I don't care about the Insidious or the jump scare Annabelle type movies. They don't do anything for me. Um, I think summertime is a good horror movie season. But uh, yeah, I wish they. I, we just don't have a franchise right now. Um, I know they're rebooting Saw. Like, that was the thing to look forward to, no matter how stupid they got, was there was a Saw movie every October. Yeah. Uh, but, now that they're rebooting that, hopefully they, they stick with the October release. Have you got to see uh, Dr. Sleep yet? No, I plan on seeing it soon, though. I haven't read it, uh, so I'm actually excited to to see one that I haven't read first. Um it, I did just read King's new book, uh, The Institute, and that was really, really good. Now, The Doctor Sleep kind of gave me hope a little bit for horror films because it's like it's genuinely tense, where it's not just like I'm a monster, and then you go, "Oh yeah. fuck!" It's like like it's genuinely sort of unsettling. You're thinking like, "Oh fuck!" And the uh, what what's the antagonist? Is that the word? Yeah. They're genuinely, every time you see them, you start getting this dread of like, oh, fuck, oh, shit. And then in the ending, and this is what happens at the end, that's part of my hilarious sense of humor there, Zach. Oh, no problem, buddy. But yeah, but the, I think that with horrors, it's like, because they're bringing back uh, paranormal activity. And uh, I want to like them, but those last couple was like, what the fuck? Like, why would somebody videotape themselves eating a sandwich for a ghost to turn up behind them? Yeah, they're super convoluted. I think found footage in general is really difficult to pull off well. Uh, the last one that I really enjoyed was the taking of Deborah Logan. And that's because it was more of a mockumentary than found footage. Mm. 
but actually, I just mentioned one cut of the dead. So uh, it sounds really stupid and is very stupid for the first half an hour. It's a zombie outbreak happens during the shooting of a zombie movie. And it's all one take. It's all one camera, one take. Holy fuck, how long's the film? So here's the deal. About 35 minutes in, the credits roll, and you don't know what happened. You think the movie's over. You think it's a short film. And then it goes backwards and breaks the wall, and you start to see behind that what was going on. And it's one of the best. It's incredibly uh, produced, incredibly choreographed, and it turns out to not be a horror movie. And it's wildly funny. And everything that's weird and stupid in the first 35 minutes pays off in the second half, which makes it a completely different movie. You've, you've completely sold me on it. Is Vin Diesel in it? No, I wish. Oh, fuck. Well, I'll watch it anyway, but, it's, you know. Uh, it's Japanese. It's really good. It's on uh, Shudder. Oh, Japanese? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't go for those people. Oh, I understand. It's hard to see their emotions. But I swear, this one's a good one. But uh, speaking of good ones, Zach, uh, I want to thank you for taking this time to do this interview. But we have now come to the big three questions. So are you ready? Yes, I am, sir. Who is better, Wu-Tang or Tupac? Wu-Tang. Who is better, Queen or the Beatles? Queen. Yes. And... The, here's the big one, and this can end you. Like, this is no real ass podcast, no fucking spook show, no uh, 10 foot long penis, no rape in prison, nothing. Okay. Are you ready for the big question? I'm ready as I'll ever be. The Spice Girls are back. Who is your favorite Spice Girl? Ginger. Nope. The answer is Baby Spice. Baby Spice is the correct answer to give. So I'm sorry, Zach, but we had a great time and. Uh, I want to thank you so much. So why don't you plug your Twitter for all my uh, perverted followers? Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach is not funny. Same for Instagram. That's Z-A-C is not funny. And my two podcasts, Real Ass Podcast and Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show, both are on the Gas Digital Network. That's GasDigitalNetwork.com. Yes. And uh, also on YouTube. Yep. You can uh, check out the shows on YouTube as well as now on Gas Digital Network is Capital Wrestling uh, the wrestling company I am currently with uh, last night. We just taped six new episodes, and I got to be in the ring with the notorious one eight seven homicide. Holy fuck! He's a well. You know what? I was about to say something, but then I don't want gangsters being sent to my house either. Uh, I've now spent time with homicide uh, in real life, and I will tell you, he is the real fucking deal. <laughs> that that guy is that guy. Speaking of living your gimmick and being true to yourself, that is that guy. Well, that's that's why I love Desco Inferno so much because he really is that guy. Like he's probably dancing right now while yelling at some woman. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay, thank you, Zach. Now, as it's Christmas, I'm off to go drink some sort of sugary shit. Uh, eat a cake after working out all day that's what we do at this time of the year so it's usually bye bye
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 